The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. And welcome along to episode 110 of The Boys of Tech for Monday the 4th of April 2011. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined by our other two regular hosts. First of all, Brett King, welcome along. Aloha. And Cameron, welcome along as well. G'day everyone. Cameron, you're in Queensland, Australia, in Brisbane to be specific. Brett and I are in Wellington, New Zealand. And the show comes to you from servers in France actually, of all places. An international show. It is, absolutely. So kicking off the show with the first story this week, Google's announced it's going to do some new targeted advertising, this time based on content of Gmail email. What do you reckon, guys? It's going to be looking inside people's email to work out what's being said, what they're interested in, what their their thoughts, well, not what their thoughts are, but what their likes and dislikes are, and build up a profile based on that. They're pressing the definition of do no evil, aren't they? (laughs) <laughs> but okay, but isn't this isn't this what they've always done? This is what I don't get. Well, I thought, they, I thought this is what they always been, did. No, it's not what they've always done. It's what they've done is in the past is when you open up an email and read the adverts will be targeted based on the content of that particular email you're reading. Right now, what they're going to do is they're going to scan all of the emails that you arrive, that you receive. Oh, to build up a sort of a more to holistic build up a profile, profile. that they, mm. they yeah. So oh, okay. all the advertising that you see when you first open up Gmail or uh, whatever, all of that advertising will always be targeted to you based on stuff that it has found in the email in your inbox or in your saved messages. So if you received a lot of spam about having your member enlarged, then you might get a lot of advertising about Having a larger member. Well, not if you mark them as spam, though. That's the whole thing. Not, it's, as, it's got some not if you mark them as spam. Yeah, exactly. But you've that's got to be one of those really diligent important. people who actually marks the stuff as spam instead of just deleting oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's a point. Mm. What if you save them in a folder for later viewing? Like just if you oh, you'll, well, definitely, you'll get twice the amount. <laughs> really do want the advertising. Yeah. So, I, yeah, <laughs> they're really going against the do no evil and the, the you know. But, you know, to be fair, Brad, they're not. They're not looking there's no human looking at what you're saying right so it's not no. snooping all it's doing is as a using a heuristical approach to building up a profile right it's all yeah, sort of yeah, algorithm yeah. <laughs> like it's not you're being saying yeah you're into the wedge is what you're saying right yeah it, it's it sure it well, might be a computer algorithm which is doing all of this stuff but they're storing this information they're building profiles on the sort of stuff that you get email about or talk about in your emails and they're building that profile to share with the advertisers so that the advertising that they provide on Gmail is targeted specifically at the sort of thing that you're reading or writing about. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you want to have advertising about because we're talking about computer heuristics here. You might be very anti something and be having a heated debate about something with somebody over email and then suddenly Gmail's profiling things suddenly decides that, wait a minute, this person mentions this thing a lot in their email. They must like it. I will provide advertising. That <laughs> yeah, but don't the you, thing that they're discussing. 
Don't you think that they'll also look to see for the words don't like and hate, especially if it's you writing about Apple products? <laughs> still, oh, once again, I like it. Very pointed. It's computer heuristics. They won't. They're not a hundred percent. No, no. Kevin might have a point. I'm, 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 wouldn't I'm, be surprised yeah. if they did. You know, if you put on, like it is, hate, it is Google. It's not like it's not like it's just some two bit company. I mean, you do have the world's largest brains here working this stuff out. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. If they, put, I'm not saying, if I'm you not saying it's going to be hundred percent perfect, but I think they'll. I think they'll definitely <laughs> know. Definitely not believe that it'll be hundred percent perfect. No, but I definitely think that they would have a pretty good hit and miss ratio and definitely be able to identify people that are hating an object because they mention a lot in their, uh, in their emails, as opposed to someone saying, this is the coolest thing ever. But more importantly, I think they'll also have the ability. In fact, I know they'll have the ability to tweak it. So even if it's not quite right, they'll refine it and refine it until it's better and better. Mm. Mm. And you'll probably have it. You'll probably have something like for the, for the first year, it'll be in beta and underneath each, each ad will say, does this ad interest you? And you can click no, and then that way they'll start working out, oh, hang on, no, no. He's mentioning it a lot, but he doesn't like it. That's why he doesn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they'll probably have some sort of... That wouldn't surprise uh, me if, if, thumbs if that's up, the thumbs case. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm. Is, this, is this ad working for you? Is it, I think they won't get as much information as they think they're going to get because a lot of people use ad blocking programs anyway, even with Gmail. So they're not going to get any of that feedback from a lot of people. Well, actually, that's a good point too, isn't it? I it's mean, also going to be software, an, It's also going to be an opt-out system, not an opt-in system. I'm very anti-opt-out systems, things where they force you into something. Yeah, but no one's forcing you to, to use Gmail. That, that's the other thing. I mean, you can ditch G- Actually, Brett, I've got to ask you this. Do you, do you, do you use Gmail? Gmail over this. Well, do you use <laughs> Gmail? Yes, I do. Is I, this, are well, you going to ditch it over this? You, you yourself? Would you? Or? Well, I don't use Gmail for anything personal, really. What do you use it for? It's the dump. Oh, I need to put in an email address. Oh, from, right. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Like, I play a lot of online games, and they all need you to have an email address. So you so use that one, right? That's your, I have that's your a duty Gmail account. Email address, yeah. which just whatever goes to. Right. When you sign up to Facebook, you got to have an email address. Well, go off to Gmail. Okay. I'm with uh, see, I, I use it for both personal and for work. And what what about you then, Cameron? Do you, do you, do you oh, mind? Sorry. What? Do would, you, would I mind? No. Would you like, mind about I'm, the... No, no, because Brett's very much like a friend of mine and uh, we have these arguments all the time because he's worried about, you know, Google just becoming this big evil corporation that are just going to try and, you know, rule the world. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sort of, I sort of think, look, I'm going to get ads anyway. I'd rather they be targeted to stuff. I was going to make that point. I was going to make that very point saying, look, at the end of the day, if you choose to stay with Gmail and, and you don't have you know, ad blocker software, you're going to get the ads. So would you rather have ads that are completely irrelevant or have ads that you, you know, might interest you? Yeah, like and my friend says, but what if they could like scan, if they could just like drive past your house and scan every product you own and then they would direct all those ads to based on what you've already previously purchased. So I'm like, yeah, that's great. That way I can see ads for stuff I don't want. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm, nah. <laughs> yeah, I, see. I am one of the people who actually values their privacy. Yeah, that's privacy. The, what brand of soap I use is my decision. It's got absolutely no yeah, but, relevance to anybody else. If I want to buy their they, brand, then they should just make their brand more attractive. That's right, but that's how they're they going to they buy soap. So then they've got to come past and do a house scan and work out what you know brand of baked beans you buy and other things, and that way you get ads And what other things you're soap. doing in your home? No, it won't be doing that. It's purely based on a barcode situation, and they just scan what you're looking at. 
that's what you, what you think. <laughs> oh, come on We now. have seen. <laughs> we have already had, you know, big things where people have said one thing happens. And, for instance, a lot of the stuff that's come out of WikiLeaks is showing that actually the complete counter to what people have been said was happening with data is actually being happening with data. So I, people are I, misusing I, stuff. People are having completely different... I, for one, welcome our new Google overlords. I say they can get stuffed. <laughs> They're not going to read my emails. I say we talk about the BBC being sued by Tesla. I like this. <laughs> I think it's another company going, they said bad things about our car. We have to, you know, about our uh, product. You have to... No, okay, no, before we go into yeah. the detail, let's, let's just tell our listeners, uh, for those who haven't, seen the episode what actually ha- did, did either of you see the episode itself I've yes. seen the episode I have seen the episode multiple times okay do you, would you like to just give us a brief synopsis well Top Gear does what Top Gear generally does it gets there it gets a car and then it runs it around its track testing you know going through paces testing its handling and blah 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 and finding out the nooks and crannies of the the intricate details of how it performs and all this sort of stuff and testing claims of the producers of the vehicle. And they'll often include different races and that sort of stuff. And so for this one, they raced the Tesla because the Tesla is based on a Lotus Elise chassis and they raced it against an actual Lotus Elise and they raced it around and around, but the race didn't get finished because the car ran out of juice. And the makers of the car say that it will give you a charge that'll allow you to go 200 and something miles. But when they were running it around the track, it ran out of juice after 55 miles. So they're now getting sued because the makers say that we have third-party testers in Europe who have certified that this does 200 and something miles an hour and that it only did 55 miles an hour on the show because they were driving it aggressively. They always drive the cars aggressively on this show, whether it's petrol, diesel, or electric. They push them to the limits of what the drivers can drive at. And if your car can't handle it in that situation, that's what they talk about. It's like when they put the hybrid, the Prius, up against a, oh, I can't remember, a Subaru or a Mitsubishi Evo, I think it was, and... The hybrid drove as fast as it could and the Evo followed it or the other car followed it. And when they got to the end of it, they checked the miles per gallon and discovered that the other car did had way better miles per gallon than the Prius. It's because they were pushing the Prius to its absolute limit and showing that the other car at that same limit was better. So it's what they do. They push these different things. So I think it's... So you think this lawsuit is just complete nonsense? There's, they're just... Yeah. But, okay, but this is, this is the thing. This is Top Gear claim that it was edited in a different way, that there were completely different scenarios set up, and it's, it's a complete botch job in terms of how, how the car was presented. Who says it? Tesla or Top Gear? No, Tesla is saying, we were here, we gave them three cars. They did one to this car, they edited that part, put it on the back of this part of the show. They completely said they completely rejigged the whole way this car appeared, which is why they're going to sue. Right, so it's more than just the the detail, the, the, like, how many miles it is. It's the way, because they had them showing them pushing the car. Apparently, the pushing the car was them pushing the car out, not because it had run out of petrol. Oh, but they made it look like that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, they said they completely, they re-edited it to make it look, Completely, and that's they're, they're seeing them over the fact that it was just mis- uh, misrepresentation. I guess. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You don't watch Top Gear to learn about cars. You watch it for entertainment. That's what Fifth Gear is all about. 
Do you want to pass? <laughs> you watch Fifth Gear. <laughs> fifth Gear. No, but fifth Gear is nowhere near as entertaining as Top Gear. Exactly. That's the whole point. <laughs> but look, uh, aside from the, the, the Fifth Gear versus Top Gear, I don't actually watch either of them because I don't have enough time. But it's interesting what you were saying, Cameron. It, it's it's not just about the, 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 the details. It's about the way they made it, I guess, misrepresented it is, is what the claim is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that's, that's the issue they've got. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't watch the show. Uh, the, and who, who really I, knows what went on behind the scenes? I indeed. And yeah, of I course guess. they will have edited it to be more entertaining. But yeah, <laughs> I still think it's they're making a storm in a teacup, especially yeah, look, for something that was done yeah. in, what, how many years ago? About two years 2008. ago. 2008, three years a ago. 2008 episode, three years ago, yeah. and now they're getting antsy about it. Yeah, look, I must admit, but on the face of it, I kind of think the same, like, well, uh, what's, what's the big deal? I think they got antsy about it back in the day. I remember this. I remember reading about this back then. Oh, yeah, lots so of car makers get antsy about it. They just found some lawyers in the meantime. Probably. Mm. Yeah. What about the quadricopters playing tennis? What do you reckon about that? That is something seriously cool. Let me just say before we get into the story, the two basically two quadricopters, which are, for those of you who don't know, like helicopters but with four sets of rotating blades, are basically playing pong with a little table tennis ball back and forth. It's all fully automated, so there's cameras and sensors and whatnot, and, and it just mm. plays tennis It's on, on their own. Yep, fully autonomous quadricopters that have been taught to play a... A pong-like game. Yeah, it's not really tennis, I'm not going to call it tennis because yeah, they're not actually playing tennis. But it describes it. it yeah, it's a nice description. They're, there they're is juggling a... balls. That's what they, they've That's, competitively it's pretty, juggling I, I, balls. Yeah, it's pretty good, though. It's very cool. Yeah. It is very cool. Very cool what they've done. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's brilliant and good on them. But they're not playing tennis. <laughs> So you want them to see them with actual rackets in their hands and sort of... I, I <laughs> yeah, was expecting when I saw this that even if it was table tennis that they might be playing, that they would actually be playing the oh, game. at a table. But no, they just, yeah. they just they, yeah, they bounce the ball by juggling it with their rotors. So boom, boom, boom. It's still very cool and it, it that they're doing cool. it autonomously, but it yeah. is representing tennis. Jeez. <laughs> now, <laughs> oh my if God. they can make the tennis then I would be super, super impressed. Now, they do occasionally drop the ball, and they'll actually dive for it. Did you notice? And There's a yeah, video on this. They'll they actually do. <laughs> dive for it until they realise they're at the point of no return, and then they, they abort, well, you know, so that they don't crash into the ground or into the side of the, of, the, of, the, of the wall. But, no, this is from research at ETH, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. Fantastic stuff. I love robotics, and I love, you know, robot wars and robot, you know, challenges. Only there was a New Zealand or an Australasian robot wars. Well, there must so be one in Australia, it. isn't there, Cameron? Do you not have any sort of robot, sort of <laughs> robotics? Do know, we have robots event? here? Uh, robot wars competitions. Because they used to be on television all what the about time. Julia, no, Julia Gillard. She's a robot. Um, <laughs> we have robot butlers. We have cyborgs everywhere. Yeah, well, don't you guys? <laughs> yeah, liar. Most of, it, most of our police force are just robots now. That is, you know. Oh, I see, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so they've made robots which sit in cars drinking beer. And eating, and donuts. eating donuts. And eating donuts. <laughs> yeah. Very good. But, All right. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm going to move the conversation right along. Cameron, you made, you sort of brought this to my attention that we, last week we talked about the new .XXX domain, which was going to be for adult content. India's announced well, what? That it's going to be the first nation to block the entire domain. <laughs> yes, apparently. Yeah. India, says, India says no XXX for us. Well, so, you know, well, pornography is pornography illegal in India. Pornography is illegal in so, India. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, there we I, go. Well, that makes sense that they're going to say none for us. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. always funny because most, most pornography film titles are based on real film titles. So I sort of thought maybe the Bollywood film titles would be converted over to porn <laughs> film titles as well. And then they said, <laughs> no, I thinking about. Yeah. A lot of belly dancing with you, you, but you probably don't want to see it. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, I, I fully expected this to happen, especially yeah. from India and you know, possibly from China. The banning of this domain itself, because the domain has only one reason for existing. And that reason for existing is illegal <laughs> in quite a few countries. Yeah. So those countries would be countries who would go, aha, well, there's something that's illegal in this country. And so, easy to boom. ban. Easy, easy, easy to ban. ban. That's the big thing about it, isn't it? Yeah. Right? You know, ban dot yeah. triple X. I mean, yeah. okay, you've still got the... You know, All the ones in you, you, You'll get that. Well, that too. But you, you'll have people on the, listening to the show thinking, "Yeah, but there are ways around that." And of course, there are. You know, you can go through yeah. anonymous proxies and whatnot. But, but hey, for you know, let's do the eighty twenty thing here. You know, so that that works. Yeah, mm. and yeah. completely expected. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, you didn't expect yeah, any yeah, of the. I don't know. The I was kind of in two minds. So when I saw the story come through, when Cameron sent it to me, I thought, "Uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised." But I could see it happening. All right, and final story before we take a short break for the New Zealand stories. Cameron, you sent me another story about someone printing out the entire featured articles in Wikipedia. They did. They did. What? For, for, for art's sake. For, for art's sake. sake. It was an artist, a London-based yes. artist, printed and he, it out yeah, and found like, it. It's a huge stack. It's massive. It's <laughs> ridiculously huge, but it's all properly bound and can sit. And it looks like just an old-school encyclopedia, like they've done the nice yeah. cover and is it, is it gold, one volume? Golden, golden yeah, it's in one yeah, volume. Yeah, one volume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about two and a half feet tall, I'd say. Two and a half, you reckon? That's yeah. that's quite tall. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not bedtime reading. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, I mean, you could do a page a day, page a night. It's a very interesting art piece because it's just going on the quantity of information that's available. And this is just the features articles on Wikipedia. Then that's, what, two and a half thousand entries? And... There are like more than three and a half million entries on the English Wikipedia. Exactly. You, oh, you, did, you definitely would never print out the whole thing. This, no, these are, as you said, the featured the articles. Thing, but it as a thought piece on the, the you know the content, the quantity of information. Oh, I see what you're saying. It puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It puts it into perspective this of is, what what an insight. You know, just these featured articles are the entirety of the Encyclopedia Britannica's. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? You've got to check out the picture. Do a search on Google for Wikipedia print featured articles and you'll you'll see the photo there. It's, it's, it's actually quite comical seeing this, this book that's taller than it is tall. Does that make sense? It's thicker than it is tall or wide. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And if it, if it fell on a small child, it would crush them. Oh, yeah. That's yes. for sure. And mm. you wouldn't want to read past the first inch. Because then you'd <laughs> yeah. start the you break. You'd get a slinky effect, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd yeah, yeah. You'd topple over and you'd end up, ending up reading in the Zs. I mean, seriously, that would weigh, weigh a fair bit. 
Well, let's not try. Let's not try and guess how much it weighs. Oh, here we go. <laughs> how how tall is it? How much does it weigh? It's the size of a standard encyclopedia in in width and in height, and its depth is about two and a half feet. How much weight in paper is that? Oh, look. Okay, uh, about uh, eleven kilos. Right, I made that up completely. Right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll look at the New Zealand stories. Don't go away. Welcome back, and we're joined by Grant Odgers from SwiftPoint.net. Welcome along, Grant. Thank you. Now, Grant, we've got you on the show because your company, SwiftPoint, won an award at uh, CES, the CES Innovations Award, for a new type of computer mouse. We certainly did, yes. That was back in January, just after New Year. Now, the thing about this mouse is that it's different from... I've never seen any other mouse like this. It's it's unique in its in its class. Can you tell us a little bit about, because this is going to be very difficult to do because this is an audio podcast and I'm looking at this mouse thinking it doesn't even look like a mouse, but it is a mouse. Can you perhaps describe it to us uh, in, a, in an audio friendly way? Yeah, that, that is difficult to describe visually. It's probably easier for me to describe the benefits. So <laughs> it's very small. It's about the fifth of the size of a a typical mobile mouse, so um, very small. And because it's designed to fit your fingers in more of a pen grip, then it has a whole lot of unusual curves that you don't normally see in a, in a mouse. But, yeah, I mean, the the function is really the, the important thing, and it was really the interesting thing is it was designed around the function side of things as opposed to the form of it, I guess. So, um, uh, and the function is unique as well because it, it's small enough and comfortable enough to use on the palm rest of your laptop, which which makes it quite unique, which means you can sort of use it in any location. So you just said before, the position of your hand is pretty much the same as what you would do if you were using a pen to write. So presumably that's that's got some benefits in its own. I mean, less yes. use, that kind of thing? Yeah, there's... Um, we. I mean, we didn't really specifically design it for, you know, RSI sufferers, but we've had a lot of feedback from our customers, you know, finding that it's more comfortable than their, their regular mouse. So that was a nice bonus. And it really means that you can use your fingers and your and your hand in a more natural position than you do with a, a regular mouse. And with using your fingers as opposed to a hand grip, there's more sort of accuracy and, and finer movements that you can do, you know, just using your, your, your finger movements. So, um, yeah, there's definitely some good advantages on the, the comfort and accuracy side as well. You've got to admit, there's nothing really natural about the traditional type of mouse. You know, you've got this horrible sort of claw grip thing going on. It's just really not, not a natural thing. No, it's interesting that, you know, mice have been around for a long, long time and they haven't really evolved significantly. Uh, and they, one of the things which some of the bigger peripheral manufacturers try to do is to try and make mice more portable for laptop users and they did that simply by just shrinking them down. Yeah, same form factor, just a shrink version. Yeah, it's almost like Mm. taking a chair and making it smaller and assuming that it's still going to be comfortable. Yeah, and there's this thing called a claw grip, which as you get smaller and smaller with a mouse, your your fingers become more and more sort of clawed around and, and, you know, really after about 15 minutes with a a really small mouse, it gets really uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, we've we've just taken a, a different approach, you know, thinking more of a pen as opposed to a mouse. I think we should really direct people to, to your website to see this because, it, as you say, it is really hard to describe on an audio podcast. You kind of have to see it. And you've got a good little uh, video on your on your website. So that's swiftpoint.net? Yeah, or futuremouse.com is actually 
the website that we publish. If you do do swiftpoint.net, it will redirect you there, though. So, so futuremouse.com. Now, I've got to ask you, how did you actually come up with this with this design? I mean, is it did it just pop into your head one day and you thought, this is it? Or, or is it something that sort of developed and evolved over a period of time and testing? So the, the sort of fundamental concept really did, did pop into my head. I was in the shower and had this idea, to be honest, and I, it came out of my own frustrations of using a touchpad. Just uh, I'd be often in situations, you know, sort of sitting on a couch in, in my lounge or whatever, trying to use my laptop, and I, I'm just one of those people that doesn't really like using a touchpad, and if I can use a mouse, I will. But I often found I was in environments where I, I couldn't use a mouse because you need sort of desk space to use one, use it well anyway. So... Um, yeah, I came up with some initial ideas and just sort of built prototypes out of this stuff called FEMO, which is a plasticine, which you can bake in the oven and stuffed electronics inside these things and got them working just to see how comfortable they were. And um, did some initial prototypes and did some testing at the University of Canterbury just to see that it was comfortable and get other people's feedback and put it up against the touchpad. And we did this thing called FITS Law, which is a sort of an industry standard way of Pointing the efficiency of, you know, pointing efficiency of devices, and we found that it was thirty to forty percent faster than a touchpad. So that was a, a good sign. So it went from there, uh, went through many cycles of design, and really the process was creating a whole lot of prototypes, about seven or eight prototypes, making models of these using sort of three D printers and, and sort of cool technology to to make these really quickly, and getting them out to people to use for um, a week or so, and then getting feedback, and then taking all that feedback. And then based on what, the, you know, the user said, creating another six or seven and taking all the strong features forward and repeating the process. And we did that many, many times over the process of about a year to really get the shape. So the shape was more of a something that was evolved as opposed to designed, I suppose. So right, it was quite and each it. time you did a new sort of iteration, you, you went back to, to the people, as you said, and, and got more feedback from there, right? Correct, yeah, and each sort of cycle through was just sort of taking through the strong features that came through and, and removing the negative bits as well. So um, Sounds a bit like yeah. natural selection. A little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> evolution, yeah. human evolution. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely it was that process, and it was a long process, but I think, it, you know, based on the, the success we've had with it, I think it was a really good process. See, I don't think people realise that, you know, they see a product like this come out, they see it in the news, like, oh, well, this, is, this looks pretty cool. I don't think they realise all the work, and more importantly... The time you said it was you know, a whole year just for the, you know, the, to produce the the shape right to get the shape yeah. right. Yeah, uh, I don't think people realise that, that that all that sort of R and D goes in behind the, these products. Yeah, no, it's true. I guess you I mean it's probably a unique process that we went through as well. So I'm not sure what uh, you know competitors do, but I think, um, I think what you're describing <laughs> is called doing it properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe. Yeah, I mean, because it's quite it's quite new as well. Because we're we're really going to new ground. You know, we don't we didn't really know the impact of different sizes, hands and thumbs, and you know, people's preferences of ways of holding things. So um, we had a lot to learn to get to a point where we had a product which was we thought was going to be something we'd take to market. So yeah, it was a long process, but I, I think it yeah it was you know in hindsight I think it really worked very well. Do you have a left-handed model? Because I'm left-handed, and all the examples <laughs> I'm looking at here are all right-handed. Is that? Um, I would probably notice that because I'm sitting here practicing at the moment on my laptop. <laughs> I would definitely want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just it's funny you should say that because I was just talking about the process we went we went through, and one of the things we did we tried to make an ambidextrous model, and um, we found that the the compromises that we made to make it work in both hands were significant. It was better for us to make a model that was optimized for a single hand. You know, it was that much better. So, um, yep. short so the short answer is no. We don't have a left handed 
model yet. And oh, it is our most, <laughs> it's our most requested feature, actually. So, um, Can you confirm that you are going to be working on one? Or? Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, the, right. Um, okay. I mean, it's very easy for us to make. It's basically a mirror. Yeah, take a mirror. Yeah, get a, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm. Just press mirror on the CAD model and almost that simple. It's really a cost of... A, sort of costing thing where we have to create a whole new set of molding tools to make the other model you know so but it, it is coming okay and i noticed in your videos you often featured mac computers does it really work with a mac or is that just a sort of a marketing thing yeah it's the um yeah the creative guys just like the clean look of mac so that's what we ended up with yeah it's but it works on a mac and a pc obviously oh, so it does it does work on both yeah, yeah right sure. what about linux <laughs> yeah linux and um oh okay wow this is good what's the other one the google the new google oh, OS. Uh, what's chrome os chrome os Isn't that's it? right yeah 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 yep. yep. works on all those guys yep oh very good excellent yeah, so that is that's brilliant i'm impressed now there's also a unique charging system for it it's it's wireless obviously it has, it has a battery can you tell us about how the charging of it works we did quite a bit of research on that too, and we used social media just to figure out what people wanted to see in a mouse. And I had this search going, which is basically any time anyone tweeted the words mouse and touchpad in a single tweet, and I still have it running, I get a I get a you know, basically a feed coming through just to see what people are saying. And, and a really, really common one was the battery on my mouse just ran out. Expletive, expletive, I'm stuck with my touchpad. <laughs> So we um, <laughs> try to eliminate that situation because, you know, if you've got a battery, a wireless mouse, it does have a battery and it will run out. Even if it long, lasts a long time, it's still going to run out. So we had this feature we call rapid charge, which means if it does run out, you just charge it for 30 seconds and that gives an hour's use. So just gives you up and running really fast. And how do you charge it? Do you have to plug it into a... Yeah, it's another unique thing, which is a little bit difficult to explain without visuals, but um, basically the USB dock allows the mouse to connect almost directly to the laptop so you can kind of carry a laptop around with the mouse attached to it and you, we use that for the the wireless connection as well as for charging as well obviously a very well thought out product i must say mind you you, yes. had, you had 12 months <laughs> yeah well it was actually even longer than that that was just the uh that was oh, just, that was just for the form factor right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah it was a long long drawn out process but it was fun too we learned a lot but, you know, you're well, so right. Aren't trackpads awful, really? I mean, let's be honest. Oh, they take a lot of getting used to. I, I oh, still yeah, can't get used to mine. <laughs> yeah. I've spent a lot of time with a trackpad, so I'm I'm better with it. Yeah. It's <laughs> I do miss the, the nipple mouse in the, that used to come oh, in the, the middle of laptops, keyboards. Oh, that? Oh, did you yeah, like the, that? Yeah, I had much oh, better Grant, precision what, with that. <laughs> really? Grant, what have you got to say about that? Uh, yeah, it's interesting because there's there's good good things about the nipple, to be honest. But you know, it is it is well known that it is isn't as with these fits law tests that I was talking about. You know, it isn't as efficient as yeah, a yeah. or a, a mouse actually. But there's advantages to it. One is that you don't have to take your hand away from the keyboard, which is quite a nice thing with those ones. Even with a touchpad, you kind of need to move your hand down a bit. But yeah, just everyone has different preferences. There's a lot of people enough for us to build a business around, I guess, that don't really don't like using touchpads. So oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I've noticed that you you can purchase this mouse through your website, but where are the other places? Are there other places you can get it? Our whole sort of go-to-market plan was really based on uh, direct sales first, which is really just the website. And because it's such a different-looking thing, we thought you know early adopters would be a little bit less skeptical about it and be prepared to try one out. And now we're moving into more sort of mass market. 
just trying to think if I can mention some of these yet, but probably not. But there's a couple okay. of big ones. Basically, it'll be in all, all you know, all the uh, in New Zealand anyway, and many, many stores around New Zealand. So pretty much everywhere in New Zealand. Right. And so major stores in New Zealand, we can say. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And also, just inking the deal on a, a US deal with a, a big, big chain there, which basically means thousands of stores around the US as well. So um, is, is that Walmart? Um, it's up there. So, but uh, yeah, I can't oh, really say. <laughs> What you're gonna do? That's, that's one of the big ones. So, um, cool. yep. And what about Australia? That's gonna be another few months away. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're just here. We're, we're right next door. We're right. We're just here. Like, yeah, I know. Jeez, you can buy it online. Yeah, buy it online, Cameron. <laughs> I got to pay for shipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing we've found is, especially at CES, which we haven't talked about too much, it's because it looks so different. We find that once people get their hands on it, that that really helps in terms of selling it. Because yeah, uh, I was I was going to ask you about that about your whole marketing for it because I would have imagined something like this really has to be seen in you know in say a bricks and mortar shop or or in some you know booth like at CES for your average punter looking for a mouse out in a shop and it has to really be there in the shop. It, 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 it yeah. can't just be an online-only thing. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Right. Yep. Yeah, hence why you're wanting to have it you know, throughout all the major stores in New Zealand and overseas as well. Yeah, I mean, mm. some things we tried to do to sort of negate some of the fact that it, you know you couldn't get your hands on it online, obviously. We had a, a, we've got a trial, you know, so you can go on there and, and order it and you know, return it, no questions asked if you don't like it. And the other thing we have is, you know, we've had some really good reviews from really good sources as well, you know, trusted sources. So if people, we're, we're hoping that, you know, if people see that this particular publication or person says this is a great thing, then they, you know, are more likely to sort of jump in. But yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good online, but ultimately we've got to be, yeah, in the, on the shelves and the stores and getting people using them in there. Yeah. Have you started shipping yet online? Yeah, we've been shipping for a few months now. So, right. Yeah. And have you seen any, uh, what would you call it, independent kind of reviews, you know, from the blogosphere come up? You know, yeah, not, not ones oh, that you've tons. authorized. There yeah. have been tons. Mm. Just did a Google search for it. God, yeah, it looks, <laughs> there are a lot. It's yeah. been getting, it's been getting really good marks from all these different places. Yeah, it's been great. We've had some really good feedback and. Um, some, you know, really well-known publications, you know, Wall Street Journal, Popular Science. We were voted one of the 100 best creations of last year. Brilliant. Some really nice, really nice feedback. Engadget, which are probably the people that listen to this, you know, people follow Engadget. We've got good reviews on there as well. So you probably won't want to talk about this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If anything, what is the most negative point that comes out in these in these reviews? I mean, from the sounds of it, and Brett's just confirmed this, that they're by and large very positive. But, you mm-hmm. know, they, the people often do when they do a review, try and point out, well, you know, what are some of the cons? So what mm-hmm. is, I guess, one of the cons that does crop up in amongst all the, the good stuff? Left-handed is one. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Price is the other one they pick us. You price? Yeah. I thought it was a good price. Because actually, do you want to tell us your, your retail price for New Zealand? Uh, it's 99. Um, Nothing wrong with that? Which we have, basically we launched with a price which was higher than that. So um, as we've increased volumes, we can bring the price down. So um, Oh, do you think those comments are from the initial yes, high price? Right. Yeah, we hope to bring it down more as we increase volumes again. I mean, it, I think it's somewhat, you know, reviewers always have to say something negative. So it's right. almost like if they can only find price then, then, then you're happy yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah if the one negative thing they're saying is price then they really have nothing to say that's negative that's really what it comes down to mm. and i i think personally i think i mean 99 uh, you know if i w- i'm not a heavy mobile you know user so for me the desktop mouse i do with just fine but uh, if i was i i don't see why i, w- I wouldn't fork out 99 new zealand dollars for a 
for something like that? And it's only eighty nine dollars for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. All right, let's talk euros now. It's probably only about <laughs> 20 euros. <laughs> no, actually, I better not say that because people might think it really is. Grant, what did you think of CES in general? I mean, the videos that I've seen uh, all look really amazing. It just looks like an amazing place to hang out for a, a week or so. Uh, yeah. It's in Las Vegas for a start, but just yeah. the coolest technology around. Did you get to go? Was it good fun? Yeah, we went, and it would be more fun if we weren't so busy, I guess, you know, we're basically, oh, you know, course, it's pretty yeah. full on and we were busy, which was good, you know, so. Well, <laughs> yeah, next did, time don't, don't design such a popular product. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I did get to walk around the show and um, it, it's just a, um, an amazing spectacle, really. You know, so the, the big guys, you know, the Microsoft and Logitech and Sony, they're just, they must, they just pump so many dollars and it's just really impressive stuff. So we had a, um, some of these guys have display areas that are the size of a football field, really. And, and we had a, a 10 foot by 10 foot stands so um, <laughs> but you know it is it is quite yeah it is it's a cool place to, if you're into technology you know it's, it's you're in heaven really I guess if you're there so yeah we got to get there I reckon mm. yeah, yeah we got to go I'd, I'd recommend it and just, just once is, at least Vegas is cool too yeah <laughs> yeah yes Vegas is very cool now you've been haven't you Brett to Vegas yeah yeah can you tell us what happened in Brett or does it have to stay in Vegas <laughs> <laughs> well half of it has to stay in Vegas and, and a lot of my money stayed in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the money stays in Vegas. Funny that, isn't it? It's always the way. So, Grant, it's always good to have some really good Kiwi success stories on the show. I want to congratulate you, first of all, on the CES Innovations Award. And uh, also, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the show. Thanks, Edwin. I uh, enjoyed it. Thanks very much for having me on. It's our pleasure. And I'll, I'll definitely look out for those in the stores when they're available, because uh, I want to play with one. I'm one, of these, I'm one of these people that have to, you know, hands-on first, you know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You'll enjoy it, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I will. So thank you once again, Grant. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. That's a seriously cool little product, that. Very it different is. to anything I've seen before. Mm. Yeah, mm. so you've got to check it out at futuremouse.com. That's futuremouse.com. You've really got to see it. And, and like I say, there's a video on that site, so uh, check it out. And it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. You could also see... Some people have done some video reviews of it on YouTube. Uh, okay, so search for Swift Point Mouse or? Yep, Swift Point Mouse. Right, on YouTube. Excellent. All right, our last New Zealand story then. MasterCard apparently is releasing a new type of card here in New Zealand. It's called a Tap and Go. And it works, it's basically an RFID card. You simply hold it up to the terminal. No PIN number required, no signature, nothing. Your payment's made. Provided, of course, it's under the threshold of $80. What <coughs> do you reckon, guys? Go wild. It's pretty neat, but it's not just hold up to, it's press it against. That's the whole point of the tap and go. They've made it so that the the chip inside it is incredibly low power and has to be held in incredibly close proximity to try and alleviate the fears of people, you know, having their credit card in their wallet and walking past a point and paying for somebody else's items. So they've said incredibly low power. Well, I mean, it's like do- it's like security doors, isn't it? In hotels and whatnot, you can't just walk down the corridor and doors fly mm. open, or even you know your own door flies open. It doesn't. You actually have to hold it up uh, yep. to, to yep. the sensor I itself. Think it's a, I think it's a brilliant idea for any transaction lower than eighty dollars. You just hold your card against it. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't I, floor it either. You know, I've said this for a long time. Like here in Wellington, at least, we've got a system for the buses that uses a, a similar concept. You you know, you hold your card up to the sensor. My main beef with that was that initially I was kind of excited about it, but then I found it actually became really cumbersome because t- two main reasons, actually. Number one, you had to keep topping it up. And number two, 
as an extra card. Now, with a MasterCard, if this is my credit card and my you know RFID sort of tap and go in one, I don't need an extra card and nor do I need to top it up. Mm. Solves two problems. But you still have to pay it off. It is MasterCard. Oh, no, yeah, okay, yeah, you have to pay it off. But, I mean, you don't need to top up first. You don't need to, like, oh, I've run out of credit. You've oh, got whatever yeah, credit indeed. limits you have on your on your credit card, right? So that could yep. be $1,000, 500 whatever, 2000 or. But, you know, you don't have to put money on first and on a separate mm. sort of system. Yeah. Cameron, what do you think? Um, I like it. I mean, I like the whole touch-and-go technology. I think that's going to be cool. Do you have um, anything like this in Australia already? Because I know yeah, some of yeah, the... Com- we- we do, but um, not for not, credit cards, though, right? Not with the banks I'm I'm with. Um, yeah, I think yeah, uh, for credit cards and debit cards and stuff. Oh, you do. So yeah, there's, there's no uh, a, swipe or pin number or anything. No, anything for under a hundred dollars, you just tap it, and it's called tap and go over here. So if it's a hundred dollars under a hundred dollars, you tap it, and it's basically just authorized. I think it. it's it's pretty good, and what I like specifically about it is that they've they're not altering their frauds policies or anything like that it is still if it's being you know if your card gets stolen and has fraudulent uses or if somebody pinches it and returns it and does fraudulent uses you still don't have to pay for those even though they're under 80 and they have no authorization connected to it so they're, they're still not going to make you pay for that and it just means that you can't misplace your card if you're one of those people who only uses a credit card rarely misplaces their card and doesn't notice for the last month that somebody's been paying for all of their groceries with it because they can get away with it not having to put a signature or do anything else. I think that's good. Yeah, that's one of the main benefits about this card, really. The thing is, I'm I kind of with Visa, and I, I can have this, I don't know why, but I kind of like Visa. I oh, I like Visa too. I, I wouldn't so, um, switch to MasterCard purely for this. No, you see, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't either. But I, I don't think really it will stupid. take long for Visa to I, ta- come up with the same technology. Well, I can't explain why I like Visa, but I like Visa. And yeah, look, I'm, I'd wait for Visa to come up with this technology. Surely it can't be that long. I don't think so. I mean, it's, you know, as, as soon as MasterCard are doing it, which they are, surely Visa will, you know, will be in with a matter of months. Yep. I would have thought. Yeah. The only cards I really would never switch to ever is American Express here in New Zealand because no one accepts it. Yeah, well, precisely. No one takes <laughs> American Express. <laughs> They've also got some silly policies. Yeah, oh, the, the charges are huge. Phenomenal yeah. compared yeah. to Visa and MasterCard. I wonder what happened to them. I wonder why they just faded away. They used to be big. Are they big <laughs> well, in Australia? Well, they're, they're still big in no. America, but they're not big anywhere else. I wonder if, yeah, no. they're just concentrating on the American market, which is a... a, a Sizable market, really. Oh, yes. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's strange that they don't, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a bit weird. But I think it's because all the other, like, they wanted to stay as American Express. Like, you had to get just an American Express card. You went just through them, whereas Visa and MasterCard almost, like, sold the licensing rights to their, their stuff to other banks. So oh, so American Express, can, you can't get through a bank, can you? You have to go no, to I think direct? No, just, you just have to get them through. You have to apply to American yeah, Express you have and to you apply get to an American, American Express. Express card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. So maybe it's that's got some sort of status or is that what you're saying? Well, no, I just think it's. I think that all cards were like that originally and then MasterCard and Visa went, hang on a second, let's just try and do deals with local banks and then when they issue a credit card, it will be under our branding. So you get you get over here. You get your Westpac Visa, your Westpac Mastercard, your ANZ Westpac, your ANZ Mastercard. You can't get a Westpac or ANZ American Express. You have to go to American Express. Yeah. Oh, I American see. American Express okay. is the, the the own yeah their own thing. Even so, though your Westpac Mastercard is still technically processed through Mastercard. Yes. It is just issued and facilitated by Westpac. Mm. So this is where I think. 
American Express dropped the ball. They didn't want to play that sort of game with the banks and probably no, have the banks, the, have the, the the banks take some sort of fee for total control. So hence now it's just they've, they've sort of faded into the background. Mm. Hence the reluctance of merchants yeah. to take them on and therefore yeah, you get a situation like this where you just can't use it in Many places Anywhere around. other than America, <laughs> almost. What about, what, about, what about Diners Club? Because you always see that on the on the list, but no yeah, one ever. Has always see Diners Club, but I've never actually seen a Diners yeah, Club. I card. haven't either. I've never I've seen, seen one of those Diners Club. You know, Mastercard, Visa, Diners Club. Yeah, the logo. Here. Yeah, I want to get one. I want to get one. I want to get one just to just to, get, <laughs> just to be part of the Diners Club. Hey, people like, look at you like what? Here's something about retro. I don't know if you have this in Australia, but in New Zealand there was Barter Card. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have so, that as well? Barter card. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit retro, isn't it? It's a bit. Oh, I think they're still around. Yeah, they're still around, but as I understand, they're not particularly no, do, doing very well. No. <laughs> hmm. Well, I think this will be uh, an interesting thing to see what the counter is to this tap and go thing. How many people, you know, the, the, the criminal element has always come up with some amazing different things to try and get money out of people using the different technologies. We've had skimming machines for a year, ATM cards and that sort of stuff. Now, they've specifically made this low power, so it has to be very close to a machine to get a transaction made. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what sort of cunning ways criminals will come up with of getting people to unknowingly Put their card near somebody. Near oh, social desk. engineering. Yeah. Easy. Perhaps. Easy. I've, I've yeah. already thought of an idea. Okay, kids, listen up. Oh, what you do is. <laughs> but this is where the lawsuits start coming. <laughs> you know, like through most uh, most shops, they have those things that those, like, uh, they're like those white security stands that you walk through and they'll beep if you've taken some clothing or something. Yeah. I reckon if you just attach something to one of those, so as people go through, no. handbag, handbags are generated that waste level. If you no, I reckon it has to be closer no, than that. It's too low power. It's yeah. too low power. They specifically say. Well, we don't know, but we think be, so. It has to have contact with it. Yeah, I, you know, I think. I think. Look, we're all speculating here, but I think it's like security doors. You know, when you hold them up, you, you've got maybe a couple of mil, about five mils or something. Yeah. Before it will trigger, that's what I think they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. like, but you know, I, who who really knows? Because look, well, we're, we're speculating be, based on on the, like where the you blue. start having because people put their purses and bags down on benches and on counters. Mm. That that is where you stick it. You stick your reader or your your transaction device on the underside of a thin, you know, a thinned out counter. Or Do you a think that'd be enough? Bag. Well, yeah, because if it's on your wallet, I keep, for instance, my security card. I keep it in my bag, and I just hold that particular side of my bag up against the sensor. See, I find trouble sometimes doing that. And, and I have to, even when I've got my, my card around my neck and I've got a, a thick, a reasonably thick, but not that thick, jacket on, uh, I you know I hold it up to the, the sensor and I have to really sort of hold it there still and, and, and really push hard against the sensor for it to trigger. Well, we'll see. Yeah, maybe we should get one <laughs> and, and, and see. Have a play with it. Yeah. Well, you can sign up to MasterCard, Ed. Yeah, we well, see, that's the thing. I like Visa. And this is not an ad for Visa, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but Well, it is, but it's not an intentional ad. All right, look, that's pretty much it, I think. Cameron, I want to thank you very much for joining us on the show once again. No problem at all. And Brett, also, thank you very much for joining me on the show. No problem. Okay, that was episode 110 wrapped up. Thank you very much, everyone, and I hope to see you again next week for episode triple one. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
and also <laughs> I wait I wait every time and every time he says a hello I just lose it I don't know why, why? <laughs> I don't know it's because it's different every week it's oh, just I a see. different hello yeah. I don't know I just sit here and I just can't help myself but burst out laughing every time sorry <laughs> sorry it just makes me laugh it just cracks me up Incredibly low power. Oh, hang on, sneeze there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I couldn't. You couldn't find the mute button. Oh, Pass that up. Where's the mute? Just, it's like. Oh, <laughs> just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, it's like when. Damn. <laughs> sorry about that. It's like when you're in a lift and, you know, someone's coming to, and the doors are closed. Where's the open door button? You know, because they all have different symbols. <laughs> <laughs> Scrambling to push them all. Sorry, Brett, once again.